Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. Two of the region's choral ensembles team up on Saturday, April 22nd at four o'clock for a concert of music by Black composers. Caritas Acapella Ensemble and Charlotte Contemporary Ensemble will present a program called Hallelujah, a celebration of choral music by Black composers. And that's going to happen at First United Methodist Church in Charlotte, again, Saturday, April 22nd at four o'clock. Joining me to talk about this concert are Caritas Artistic Director Kathy Youngblood and Charlotte Contemporary Ensemble Director Javon Adams. Welcome to you both. Is this your first collaboration? It is, uh, and I'm very excited about it. Um, when I knew that I wanted Caritas to feature choral music by Black composers, I felt that I, as a as a white director, needed to approach this from the standpoint of a of a learner. And uh, I know I know Javon to be um, just a very gifted musician and choral director, and very knowledgeable in the field. And um, he was kind enough to sit down with me over coffee one day, and we discussed the option. And here we are. So I'm very excited to be able to do this collaboration with them. I noticed that the um, description of the concert talks about non idiomatic choral music, Black choral music. Javon, can you explain what that means? Um, idiomatic is music that's more towards your culture or towards a certain culture. So for example, with African-American culture or Black culture, um, we're known for gospel, we're known for spirituals, jazz. So non-idiomatic would be the stuff that I am not known for. That would include country and things of that sort, and even including classical music. So uh, with this concert, we're taking um, the music of, of Black composers that are not spirituals, that are not exactly gospel or not exactly jazz, but have those influences. So with the non um composers, they never abandoned what they are um, used to or what styles they came from. They actually take it and fuse it into the music. Mm -hmm. So we're doing a lot of classical music with all those things infused in with gospel infused jazz infused so you'll hear all those things but just in a more broad classical stroke kathy why did you all want to go this direction with the program well you know i feel like the world of choral music has historically been so uh, eurocentric that this kind of left a, a blank spot there uh, where the black voice has not been able to speak into this genre it was our desire through this concert to sort of put afrocentric choral music front and center uh, i feel like this is a good time in our society to do that because there is a lot of uh, increased focus on the afro-american life and, and experience, uh, history certainly, but also the current experience. And we just wanted to uh, just to, to be able to show, showcase uh, some of the incredible talent that's out there in this quote classical uh, field. I noticed on the program, there were names that I did recognize. Um, you know, we do play their music here at WDAV, but there are a lot of names I did not recognize. So it looks to me like a, an opportunity for discovery for a lot of folks. Were you, either one of you, both of you, already familiar with all of these composers, or did you have to do some research? I was familiar with most of them, even from myself being Black. There were some of them I did not know too much about or haven't even heard of. There's hundreds and hundreds and thousands <laughs> of composers out there, so yeah. As I look at the list of, of our composers, 
two, three of them um, have have passed away, but the but all of the others are are currently writing. Mm -hmm. So that sort of I think speaks to the the history of this that. Um, uh, even though James Furman, who was born in 1931 and died in 89, uh, you know, was was around during the years where maybe African Americans were not uh, heard that much from. Um, it really it says a lot to that that currently that there is a lot more openness to it, and I'm just I love seeing um, these these young artists just blossom, you know, in in the, in the current um, state that we're in. How many of them would you say are 40 or under? on the program? Are, are we talking about that contemporary, that young? Some of them, uh, and maybe, I don't know, John, if you could, maybe three are, are, are in that category, and maybe some others in the 40s and 50s and a couple in the 60s. Pretty established careers for a lot of them, right? And a, and a really great, uh, you know, record of ed their education, their, their secondary education uh, is just really, really very impressive. Well, let's talk about one of the works that's sort of, a, I guess, a central work, maybe written by Dr. Joel Thompson in, I think, 19, I mean, 2014, The Seven Last Words of the Unarmed. Can one of you tell us a little bit about this piece? So this piece is written by Joel Thompson. Um, he's one of the ones that's in that under 40 club. He wrote this piece right in the wake of all of the stuff that's been going on with police brutality against African-Americans. He wrote this in response to all of that. And since he's wrote, written it in 2014, of course, we've had a whole bunch more of those situations happen. And that's why it makes this piece so important because it's something that's still happening. It's something that we still have to talk about, something we have to still sing about, just try to get over and try to find solutions and try to find um, some kind of common ground, empathy, and make change. And I think this piece is going to do, do that. For our audience, I think it's going to be very moving and it's going to really put us in the, put us right there in the last moments of all those, all seven of those lives that were lost. It's still a thing that's happening. And we, you know, we have to keep singing about it. So it's kind of a, um, it takes a cue really from Haydn's Seven Last Words of Christ. Is that right? Is that? Yeah, it's a play on it. Mm -hmm. It plays yeah. off of that. Yes. But these are the seven last words of each of these, or the last words of seven mm -hmm. people who yes, have died. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. Each movement represents one of the seven men and their last words. How hard is this to perform? It's, it's an interesting piece. <laughs> um, musically, it's hard because it's different musical mechanics. A lot of cluster tones, a lot of jazz harmonies and lots of weird rhythms and weird things happening to make the words come to life and make the words actually speak. In terms of emotionally, it's hard. <laughs> it's very, very, very hard. Because for me as an African-American man, man, I'm always thinking this could have been me or this could be me or can be me. Mm -hmm. um, so it is hard to kind of like think about that while I'm still trying to form or rehearse it and things of that sort is is hard and i'm just nodding your head yeah i am because one of uh one of my uh my choristers um is also um, an african-american man and he begged off of the concert because he just said it was too difficult for him to to sing uh from an emotional standpoint so uh, i i i completely understand that and i honestly feel it's going to be equally or similarly difficult to listen to. It is a difficult piece to listen to. You have to sort of prepare yourself 
for it. But it is uh, masterfully written. Uh, he, he does a really great job in 18 minutes of using some symbolism in the music to suggest what the circumstances were around the death of each of these, uh, these men. Uh, sometimes you even hear heart monitor, you know, in the violin, pumping at a certain beat and then flatlining. So there are things that are used musically throughout to suggest uh, the pain that was, that, that, you know, that experienced by, by the victims themselves and also by their families. Do you know if this has been performed in Charlotte before? I do not believe that it has. I, I'm aware of two performances. And um, I mean, honestly, I, I know that Dr. Thompson wrote it with, without the intention of it being performed. He, he wrote it thinking that he would just archive it and then it would be his own way of expressing his own feeling, get his, getting his own feelings out onto paper. Um, you know, being a sensitive topic, uh, you know, in our, in our environment, uh, I, I guess he just thought it might not ever be performed. But then the, uh, the University of Michigan found out about it, and they were the first ones to perform it. And that's the most prominent recording that you find um, online. It is originally written for all male chorus uh, to represent that these are males that we're speaking about. But he, he also wrote it uh, again for mixed chorus, which is the version that we'll do because of the nature of our choirs. I know that after reading about the the University of Michigan performance that, you know, there was some controversy around it. Like mm. you said, it's a tough, um, very relevant topic and lots of feelings around it. Do you anticipate anything, any kind of reaction to it here in Charlotte? Hopefully, hopefully um, a good positive reaction. Hopefully there'll be some change. Hopefully there'll be more conversations. I'm hoping that the audience doesn't leave too heavy. We want them to understand and get the message, but to have that message and do something with it. Is there any hope in this work? The work itself is, is designed around the death. So it kind of leaves you with a sense of finality in, um, and then maybe, maybe that's intentional, you know, because the lives had potential and had hope, and yet they themselves had some an instant finality to them without being able to live out that hope. So um, no, there isn't hope in the music itself, but um, our desire is to be able to speak a little bit about it uh, beforehand. Um, Dr. Thompson has written a letter to listeners of the work that we will share. You know, he makes it very clear in that letter that this is not a statement against the police, that he expresses his own personal gratitude towards those who keep the peace in our neighborhoods. What I would just caution listeners against is the kind of knee-jerk reactions that kind of maybe go in line with a political point of view one way or the other. To come with an open heart and mind to, to try to sit in the place of people whose lives have been lost and family members who have lost these loved ones in such an unfair manner. But just to sit with the discomfort and to be okay about being uncomfortable. I think that that's something that we struggle with a lot. But I am happy to say that following this piece will be an intermission and then coming back, we'll come back with some really celebrative 
happy stuff, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's a message that we want to portray, but we, we also, we're not going to just kind of leave everybody, you know, going home with that, with that mood. So Javon, what are some of the uh, other pieces then that are on the, and we don't have to talk about all of them because you've got a lot of them, but is there one in particular you'd like to um, describe? Our closing piece, let's talk about that one. We're doing okay. Anthony Praise by Richard Smallwood. Um, it has strings, it has band, a small band, and of course, choir and piano. It's uh, Richard Smallwood is a gospel composer, but in all his works, the reason why we chose to do some of his stuff is because even though he's writing in the gospel style, he always infuses the classical, Western classical type of idea into his writing. And it's very clear and apparent in, in the anthem of praise at the end. You hear the strings by itself gives that classical feel, and even the tone of how the choir sings and how the notes are placed. It's very classical, <laughs> very classical in a way. Okay. And you all will have strings accompanying? Yes, yes, yes. And that's something that, that you don't usually see in gospel. You don't usually see strings. You see piano, you see organ, maybe drum set, guitar, and that's it. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting having the brass part and brass pieces into it and also having the strings along with it. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I guess I wasn't thinking so much about having instrumental accompaniment. You are an acapella <laughs> Caritas is, is an acapella group. However, we're not just, we're not strictly acapella. We we uh, emphasize acapella music. But so most of uh, the portion that Caritas will perform on our own, it will be all acapella. And the portion that the Charlotte Contemporary Ensemble performs, Javon, is that going to have that's going to have some accompaniment to it and some acapella? Oh, most of it's acapella, just ones just one okay. Yeah, so so we, we, the the concert, the bulk of the concert will be, but the seven last words of the unarmed is written for for choir, tenor, uh, soloist, and it's also written. It has uh, string quintet and piano accompaniment, so we intend on using the instruments there as well. Is there anything else either one of you would like to say about this uh, this performance or collaboration in closing? I'd just like to mention a couple of things. Um, one is regarding the seven last words of the unarmed, because it's such a feature piece for us and the first time it's being performed in Charlotte, we have invited um, an artistic design team, um, Zaire McPherson and Michael A. Betts II, who are both uh, black artists. Um, they are designing a, the, the projection of digital art to run in sync with the performance of the music. They're gonna be doing it on a scrim that is a screen that can be seen through. And I think that will add a dimension that will probably be very unique. Uh, those scrims will also be used throughout the rest of the program to show the faces, uh, names, and dates of the other composers. Since this is a concert where we're trying to really feature um, all of these composers. It will give a little bit of information about them as the music is being performed. The other thing I wanted to mention uh, is that we have been the recipients of a grant. And so the project is really made possible in part by funding from the uh, Arts and Science Council and the North Carolina Arts Council. So we want to make sure to thank them uh, in advance for their assistance in making this happen. Javon? My main thing is just the audience. Please come. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. We've been, we've been working hard and we want you all to come and come with an open heart and open mind because the music is 
it's beautiful. All the music is beautiful. We have a variety of music. It's not just one sound. It's not just one thing. It's all types of sounds, all types of, I want people to come and enjoy all the colors of black composers. There's not, we don't, again, we don't just write spirituals. We write all types of music and you're going to get that. You're going to get some barbershop type of stuff. You might get some stuff that's more closer to the Western European sound um, that we're used to for classical music. You're going to get a little bit of everything. So please come, please, please, please come and enjoy it and really take it in. Well, it sounds great. It's, it's a, it's a wonderful program. And maybe you all will work together again in the future. We hope. It'll be the first of many, I'm sure. Yes. Um, I did also want to mention that if, if uh, viewers want to, or listeners of this podcast are interested in purchasing tickets, they can go to the Caritas website, which is caritasacapella.org. Caritas is spelled C-A-R-I-T-A-S, followed by acapella, which has two P's and two L's in it. Just wanting to clarify the spelling of that. And uh, they can find um, tickets for purchase there. Um, the general admission is $25 and student IDs are $5. Look forward to seeing everybody there. Excellent. Well, thank you both for uh, chatting with us on Piedmont Arts today. I've been talking with um, Kathy Youngblood, who's the artistic director of Caritas uh, Acapella Ensemble, and Javon Adams, who is the director of Charlotte Contemporary Ensemble. They will team up for a performance called Hallelujah, a celebration of choral music by Black composers, Saturday, April uh, 22nd at four o'clock at First United Methodist Church of Charlotte. For Piedmont Arts, I'm Rachel Stewart.